What oh, up, yeah. everybody? Yeah. <laughs> we're back. Another um, Oasis podcast. We're coming at it. And I, my name is Brennan. And I've up? got what's Ben up? with me. Yeah. And then I've got Jaina. Hello. And we <laughs> are going to crush another topic for you. I, I always like getting the people hype. Like that's good. Let them let I'm them really feel that. Re, let them really feel like we're excited and yeah. we have all the answers for this. And then slowly throughout the podcast, they'll learn that <laughs> we, we don't have. that we know ten percent of everything. <laughs> <laughs> we only know we this percent. In a while. But the, I haven't. Yeah, uh, was a motto for the first seven times. Yeah. We did the podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we had to let the people know right off the bat. Right. Hey guys, you, they gotta know what to expect. We're continually learning. We're continually growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're going to chat about heaven, which is one topic that can be a little bit of a gray area. Um, And we're going to chat about that. But before we do any of that, if you could have one thing with you in heaven, what would it be? Mm. And I don't want some weenie hut junior Christian (laughs) answer. Like, give me, give me. What is that even? Weenie hut? Yeah. What is that? that, You've never seen SpongeBob? Weenie hut junior? Yeah, it's been a while. You I wasn't allowed to watch I don't remember <laughs> Weenie Hut. Why do I not remember that? He goes to the Weenie Hut Juniors. Man, I've seen and he gets kicked seasons. out because he won't eat. He's not tough. <laughs> wow, I don't remember that at all. Dang it. It's I like love the whole out. episode, the back and forth. Anyway. Oh, that's hilarious. Whatever. Wow. So okay. you guys go ahead and tell me, tell me what you'd have in heaven. What's your one thing? Oh, man. This is controversial. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I really wish and hope. That we have pets. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's not bad. I think that's a good you know, thought. Some people have very strong opinions about whether or not animals are in heaven. They do. But I like, have an incredibly pets strong just opinion. Bring about us that. joy and life, and so Here's whether or not they they're actually there is like the okay, pets whatever, you have but. now, or just pets in general. I was just thinking in general. Okay, but I I'm mean, if that. I had my specific dog, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that answer. I didn't say that was a sound answer. That's why I said it was controversial. No, that's good. Okay, <laughs> Ben. I like w- that. What do you have? What's in heaven? Man. I, this is terrible. This is, <laughs> this is terrible. I think for my own person, like, this is terrible. I want to be able to eat whatever I want and be healthy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking, was like, and like yeah, I but I don't know that. if that's going to be a mindset we'll have, but that's what I want. You want like, just the just redemption some... of all foods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but so I just don't think we'll care. I think we'll just be eating just... the most bland mm. thing ever. Like manna in yes. the wilderness. <laughs> and it's going to be perfect. Yeah. And it's oh, going to be yeah. the greatest and thing it, we've ever tasted. And we're going to only desire. ever need the exact amount we want or need. It's yeah. like, but I, I want to be. I feel like I could get on the manna train. It would be the birds that they eat. I think it's like quail. They eat quail. It's like... I don't know if I could do that, man. I'm pretty picky with my meats. <laughs> Give me the unleavened sweet man of bread. I'll eat that all day. Do you think that Adam and Eve are vegetarians pre-fall? I, yeah, for I, sure. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because... It's right in Genesis 2. Right. Jenna and then... Uh, Jenna. I don't know where that's come from. <laughs> the Lord the gave first. them all plants on the earth Correct. for food. Yep, yeah. for food. And the first death of an animal came After. when they killed this. Had uh, to kill the deer. To make skins. To make skins. Mm-hmm. To make clothing. Yeah. And so. I probably, probably ate that deer. Because God's like, you're going to waste this. Yeah. What you did? You screwed up. I'm going to give you clothes. You better use the entire animal. People like to debate, did uh, Adam and Eve have belly buttons? And I think that's a good question. question. To me, it's better, did they have to use the bathroom? Oh. Uh, Again, good question. So it's like, if your body does, well, but here, here, yes. 
if your body doesn't produce waste, it does. If you're eating, it automatically produces waste. You but can't waste eat plants. Is, waste is a byproduct of not using all of what. So if it's a, rede- a redeemed food, so say your body is able to actually process and use every aspect of nutrients that's Who in the Who says your body is? What if you're supposed to use the waste to help you fertilize what you need to then continue to steward and grow on the land? Yeah, I'm just oh throwing the question out Because that is using it then. Yeah. Maybe your yeah. body doesn't need to use it, but it will be used. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. I didn't think about it like that, but... That is an interesting question. Someone once <laughs> argued with me and they said, I like using the bathroom. <laughs> And that was, that's fair. That was their argument. They were like, okay. I, I hope we do. That's like, his, that enjoyable. would be his answer or her answer. I assume it's a guy. Yeah, it was a guy. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that would be his answer for what do you wish I was like, I want to use the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. If There's I, something about you. I'm just going to go here. We just ruined. I just, we just derailed this whole thing. That's fine. Yeah, There's something more. was like, going to the I was like, man, I feel better after. That's oh, just a yeah, reality, right? The time, yeah. Sure. Some relief. Listen, yeah. excretion's a part of life, guys. It's one of the seven <laughs> signs of life. Mrs. Grand, yep. biology. Y'all, you bio, bio majors, listen. I appreciate you. I love you. <laughs> We're so lost. Man. <laughs> I'll bring it back. What if are I you could, supposed to be talking about? <laughs> if, if I could have one thing in heaven, oh, yeah. <laughs> it would probably be just all of God's creatures, all of his the people he's made in his image. Uh I would want all my family and my friends, every person I've ever met. <laughs> Ben's left the podcast. He's coming back. Don't worry. Okay, obviously. You said you didn't want or whatever that phrase was from SpongeBob. Yeah, listen here, Mr. Weenie Jr. I just, there you go. I didn't want you guys to take my thunder. Uh, I just wanted to be the one to be able to say thunder. that. But actually, no. If I, if I was putting that aside, that's obviously implicitly what we would all want in heaven. However, I would want sports. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Dang competitive okay. sports Ooh. nice loving competitive but yeah, yeah 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 you can lovingly compete but yeah. that's what i would have everyone competing well but fairly yes Dang. Okay. and i finally have achieved my top athletic ability <laughs> you just want to play with messi is messi no jesus yeah he does oh, i, I think <laughs> i've never met him but i sure hope so evangelize to messi next week <laughs> yeah there you go anyways so we are way off topic but we're coming back because we're talking about heaven, yeah. and when it comes to heaven, here's where we want to start. And you're going to think this is really, really weird, because it's a caveat, but we don't actually know the answers to all the questions we're going to ask today. Mm-hmm. The reason we don't know is because nobody beyond God in the three persons knows exactly what heaven is like. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9... Paul writes, but as it was written, and he starts to quote, and he says, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And he quotes this, and he talks about how heaven is beyond our wildest imagination. It's greater than you could ever think of. And in that, we don't have every minute detail. We don't have every single piece put together of the puzzle of what heaven will be like, where it is, um, who all will get there. Like, we don't just get all of these pieces. We get little, little tiny pieces along the way that we can start to, to put together, which is what we are hope, hope to do in this podcast. Hmm. But as for a 100 complete put-together image, picture of what heaven is, we just don't have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I personally never been there, but <laughs> what? Know a guy that has, and I'm trusting that it's good because he says it is. Yeah, he yeah he, he talked he about being... it. Jesus, okay, Jesus. good. <laughs> <laughs> and was like, dude, you got all oh, crazy. Yeah, you got to actually say it because your sarcasm wasn't quite thick enough. Yeah, it was it was a little hinted there that like I knew some guy yes, who went to heaven. 100. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> would they, would Jesus do that? 
Would Jesus allow someone to experience heaven and then bring them back to earth? Mm. I feel like it'd be hard. Anyways, do you already derail us? Yeah, yeah. Literally, before we we recorded the podcast, I said I can't derail us, and I've done it four times already since we started. No worries, because we're we're trucking now. (sighs) One thing we do know about heaven is it's it's very clear that it is a real place. It shows up 276 different times when it's in the New Testament, the word heaven. And Mm -hmm. almost every time, I think every time in the New Testament, it refers to heaven as the geographical place. As a place. As a place. As a place. And what's hard, too, depending on what version of the Bible you're reading. Yeah, that's true. The the King James has, and I just looked this up, has the word heaven 255 times, where like the NIV has 236, Mm. the RSV has 246 for the Old Testament, 248 for the New Testament. Mm. And that just means like, okay, our English language is trying to, again, interpret what was the original Greek or Hebrew, depending on Old Testament, New Testament, yeah. the word of heaven. So even this idea, again, going back to, we don't really know what we're talking about. We kind of do. We'll give you what we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this idea is like, we know it's a place. Mm-hmm. John 14, Jesus talks about, like, he's going to prepare a place for us. Yeah. So he's going to leave. He gives this beautiful description of, of what a, a Jewish trad- a marriage looks like. And he takes the place of the groom and we are his bridegroom. And he says, I go to prepare a place for you. There are many rooms in my father's house. That we would say, okay, he's going to prepare a place for us in heaven. Yeah. So we know it's a place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in the Old Testament, heaven is used in a couple of different ways, yeah. not always referring to a geographical place. So the first time in the Old Testament we start to see the words heaven used is in the Genesis creation story, Genesis 1. And when heaven is used there, it's not describing uh, a place, but rather the very nature of the sky. And it's talking about the heavens and the earth were separated. And in that, it's it's talking. It's the word heaven used differently to talk about the sky. A second time it will be used is again in the Old Testament. It can be used to refer to like outer space or the universe. So again, not necessarily what we would typically think of the word of heaven, but still is one of the ways that we can use it in the or it is used in the Old Testament. And the third time in the Old Testament that the word heaven is consistently used is to talk about the dwelling place of God. Mm-hmm. The heaven we typically think of, the place where we get to go and spend eternity if we know Jesus. And the reason we wanted to point all three of these out to you right away at the beginning of the podcast, because if you were to sit down and read Genesis to Revelation, the whole Bible, you're going to see these different words. You're going to see heaven appear a couple different times. And we don't want you to be confused that right when you read um, Genesis 1, that the sky, that you might not interpret that as the sky, but you'd interpret it as the dwelling place of God. And then in the creation, it would be confusing because the earth would be separated from the dwelling place of God, which is actually the very opposite of what that story is trying to convey, (laughs) that God is with man. Um, So... Yeah, anything to add there before yeah. we just dive in? No. Yeah, Keep super going. clear, right? Yeah, yeah. We're good. Everything, but yeah. even like I think of, and I'm going to butcher this, so tell me about Psalm, I'm super, in, I love the Psalms, but the heavens declare your glory, Oof. the skies display mm-hmm. the work of your hands. Yeah. That's two different words, or, or two different words, kind of saying the same thing, but also saying something completely different. Yeah. So that's why I just like, mm-hmm. as you read in the Old Testament, like skies, heavens, like just... I'll be aware. Maybe this is just a pause. You just be aware as you read scripture. What heaven is, what is it really talking about? Look at the context of that scripture mm-hmm. and just see what it's saying. So maybe it is the dwelling place of God in that. Maybe it's like creation mm-hmm. and just, yeah, just be, I think it's really cool. It's, yeah. It makes it hard because mm-hmm. it uses one word to describe three different things, but it's still good. So then for the rest of this podcast, we're actually going to focus explicitly on that third definition of heaven, the dwelling place of God, because that's what most of us think about when we when we hear the word heaven. And so 
when we ask the initial question, what is heaven? Our minds probably already go there. So now we just connected those dots. And the first question I will ask is, is it a geographical place where I can ask the question, where is it? <laughs> like, where is heaven? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is a poor answer. I would right. like something different. I'm sorry. Um, you can ask where it is. Don't get caught up on needing a specific desired answer is what I would say. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's, we look at in the Psalms, Psalm 103, it declares the sky's heaven is high above the earth. Okay. Is that for us? Just to be able to know, hey, we, if, I, if I can imagine it as a place somewhere that I can, if I look up to the sky and it gives me a focus, does that help me then better worship and connect with the Father? Mm-hmm. Awesome, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or is it really up there? Maybe. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, so it's, yeah. I think it is somewhat out of our definitions of time and space, but also I think God's good enough to help us point us in a good mm-hmm. direction to help us know like, hey, I'm here. Again, it's always to me, my mind coming back to like, I'm here. It's a place. There's something better for you. Mm-hmm. Your hope mm-hmm. is in something that's outside of what you're experiencing now. So, um, go ahead. so why does the scripture seem to point to it being in the sky or yeah. above mm-hmm. us? Yeah. Like we have a couple of those written down. Why don't we just read them to the yeah, people a little bit? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like uh, someone told me once about heaven that it's that as these people were writing, obviously they didn't have quite the scientific language yet to really That's understand what sky is or even like outer space or galaxy. And so yeah. it was almost um, like a, a poetic language of understanding something greater than outside of understanding bigger than us. Um, and so that's what I was taught that that's why sometimes you use the word sky or like outer space. Um, but part of the reason that this language is used is that as you look at scripture, I mean, Ben already mentioned Psalm 103, it's high above the earth. Psalm 14 says that God it looks down. Um, and even when you get into the New Testament, John writes um, in three in chapter three that Jesus descended to earth and then later he ascended back up to heaven. And so it uses this language of being high above, mm-hmm. greater than, kind of outside of our realm or yeah. sphere of understanding even. Yep. And then there were experiences that they actually had where Luke 4, Jesus' baptism yeah. with Jesus on the mound, where the skies opened up and literally the voice of God declared, mm-hmm. this is my son. One listened to him. The other one is like, I'm well pleased with him. And so mm-hmm. it's there. It's like, well, okay, if I hear it, if I look to the sky and I hear a voice, then that's me. That's where God is all the time. Maybe. Yes. But also who knows? Yeah. And that's what's really cool and beautiful. So where is it? Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you think people struggle with the idea of not knowing where it is or like yeah. the geographical place? Like, I don't Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Like, I can't point to it on a map. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. understand yep. it. I can't. And that's probably what part of, like, underlying of the whole podcast. Like, it becomes very hard yes. to believe in heaven or the yes. realities of heaven yes. when they become so abstract. Yep. And I think I think this is a perfect example of how do I go back to childlike faith in heaven? Yeah. My kid doesn't ask me a lot of questions about heaven. He believes not it's up there. Yeah. Like, that's where God is. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. So is it okay for us? And that's why we have a lot of questions because sometimes that's not enough because mm-hmm. we need to know. And that's where, so. Yeah. Yeah. So if we, can, if we can settle on the idea that it is a place somewhere beyond probably our own mental capacity to understand, yes. what's it like? Like, what do we know about it? Before we get there, I mean, when we get there, we're going to know it all and do, understand. But like right now we get little snippets and little pieces of just describing what heaven is like. What do we know about it? Yeah, uh, uh, heaven is a place of perfection. 
is what we know first and foremost. Yeah. It's a, like when Jesus comes, he declares and states like his mission literally is to come and help us recognize that the kingdom of God, which is heaven, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he's saying, okay, I get to experience the kingdom of heaven now, but it's like, hey, there's a place that's perfect and beautiful and good. And so we know like heaven is a place of complete perfection. It's a place of restoration and renewal. It is as Revelation, we'll talk a lot about this, uh, what is called or known as the new Jerusalem. We'll talk about the new heaven and the new earth and what that looks like um, of streets of gold and pearly gates and all that stuff. And again, I, I don't know how much of that is just mm -hmm. imagery where John is just trying to write down and, and write down what he's seeing and, <laughs> mm -hmm. and some of that language correlates and maybe some of it doesn't. He's just writing down what he knows. Um, but it's it's a place of perfection is what I always go to. That's good. Uh, and there's so much more to dive into that. Well, before we even get into a little bit more of what John sees in his vision in Revelation 21, there's almost a chronological nature to some of what we understand about heaven. Like what we understand now about heaven is that how it currently exists may be different than when Jesus comes back yeah. or that God brings about his final restoration of all things. Yes. So you guys want to chat a little bit about what that looks like? What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about <laughs> Abraham's bosom? Do you want to talk about paradise, how <laughs> well, Jesus declares it on the cross? Some people probably just don't even understand that mm. there could be two different even yes. yeah. versions of heaven Super that we're, we're looking at, both accurate but existing at different times. Yeah, and I think mm. semantics plays a little bit of a role, and then mm. what words we use. Yeah. Like, mm. when I feel like Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, he's talking about heaven. He's talking about a, this place, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a reason to me in my head that Jesus uses the word paradise and not heaven when he's talking to the thief on the cross. So I think there is two different realities. Mm. Also, I don't know how much of the time, plane, space, what we know or don't know, and what could be outside of our understanding plays a role into it. And so a lot of this is just like, okay, what happens when we die now? Yeah. Where do we go? What What is that? What do we experience? And then what happens when this theological understanding of when Jesus comes back? Mm-hmm. And so that's the, is that what you're talking about? The chronological idea? Yeah, of, I think so. I mean, I think the people would <laughs> be interested to hear a little bit about places. Do you want me to give, just give my theological understanding of what I think it sure, is? Oh boy, <laughs> this is great. I think what happens when we die is we go outside of time and space uh, and we experience Jesus at that moment of death. I don't think people even understand, and, and maybe we're not meant to, but yeah. like with that exact space, like how can you, or that exact phrase, how can we be outside of time and space? I think that's just, because, oh man. Well, you can explain a little bit through I the dimensions. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so we, we typically know like 2D, 2D being flat, like you can right. write 2D paper, like if you were to draw a square on paper, yes. it's a 2D. Otherwise, you can make something 3D when it becomes um, like a square. Or a cube is so like if you gave it sides and texture and depth, um, and so when you go to a movie and you see it in 3D, it comes off the screen. It adds a level of depth and of dimension. Yeah, we live in 4D, so the fourth dimension would be time and space is now added in. So we exist not just with height and width and depth, but we exist with time chronologically, and we exist as matter inhibiting space. And so there's a scientific belief that I think backs religion, in my honest opinion, that there are dimensions that go beyond the fourth um, that exist outside of time and space, and that God being in his eternal um, nature and who he is as creator and, and sustainer exists beyond the dimensions that we even can comprehend. So therefore, he exists beyond time and space, so he, doesn't, he isn't constructed to what we know of as people. So I don't know. I hope that's a little bit more clarifying. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> maybe not. 
No, it helps I me, I guess. Helps. Yeah, I think that helps. Yeah. So then, yep, heaven would be in the dimension beyond yes. what we currently yes. experience, which would make it beyond time and space. Yes. And it's then, not stuck on the piece of paper this like is, 2D. Yeah, this beyond is beyond that. Super good. And this is pre-Revelation 21. Yeah. This is pre-Jesus coming back. This yeah. is what happens potentially we think when we die yeah, yeah so that's good i like that there's an but in the the chronological nature of it there's an this is an intermediate stage so we keep talking about so if something were to happen to you now and you were to pass away there is this abraham's bosom paradise this intermediate heaven that you exist in uh probably in a spiritual state in the sense of you more than likely do not have your physical body yet in my opinion, theologically. <laughs> so you exist in, in heaven, yep. in eternity, in bliss, in perfection with Jesus in this intermediate phase until Jesus comes back. Yep. And that's a chronological event that's going to happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, just like he descended the first time as an infant, he will come back with all glory and all power with armies of angels to usher in a new era. When that happens, how that happens, again, debatable. But he <laughs> is coming back and it's going to mark a, a day on a calendar. It's going to happen. And so at that point, he changes what we know of um, eternity for yep. that sense. He changes what it, what heaven really will look like and exist as. Because when Jesus comes back, again, debatable as to how and when, mm-hmm. but he's going to raise our bodies as a resurrected body, as the same way Jesus was raised from the dead. God is bringing about a new thing to all of creation. So the very bodies we have, um, I think it's pretty beautiful, but... God doesn't even let the enemy have victory over something like our flesh. Yeah. He mm-hmm. wants some all of creation from ev- from beginning to end to have a redemption. So your your body, though it was broken here on earth, will be complete and restored in Jesus coming back when he raises us from the dead. And your spiritual state, your soul, will probably rejoin with your body. And people are like, what the heck <laughs> is this guy talking about? But at that point... There's a new sense of heaven because you're now an embodied creature again. Yep. Mm-hmm. So then what's that new sense of heaven? What's that thing that happens after Jesus comes back? Jesus comes back. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 44 says, um, just, just hear this out. It talks about the resurrection of the dead. So mm-hmm. this is Jesus come back. So there's a resurrection, right? In the same way with the resurrection of the dead, our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They're buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They're buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. And so what happens literally is we physically if there comes that reality of the physical resurrection mm-hmm. is what that talks about and that's where revelation 21 talks about this idea of the new heaven and the new earth of all restoration renewal of all things mm-hmm. so then yeah, yeah like yeah. the idea is there's a new heaven and a new earth and again highly debated whether that's a complete recreation by god in the fact that he destroys what's broken here and brings about a brand new creation um or if it's his redemption of the planet we even live on which give should if you believe that give christians a sense of um environmentalism and and eco-friendly living because god cares about his creation so much Mm -hmm. that in the end for all of eternity he's going to bring about a redemptive plan for this planet so and that's where i lean yeah, I mean personally, the, like, you don't know. Like I, I lean it, that way because it it fits so well, which is the reality of what God intended for us to experience in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. It's just going back yeah. to that. Yeah, and I think it marks better with the 
I think it aligns okay. better with the character of God. Yeah. Um, people will throw Sodom and Gomorrah in your face and say, well, God destroyed those cities. But he, you can see in Abraham's prayer right before that, that God destroyed those cities because he saw nothing of righteousness there. When God looks at his creation today, yes, it's broken, it's marred, mm-hmm. but there's still righteousness and goodness yes. here. Like mm-hmm. climb any mountain, swim in any river, like go to the ocean. Right. Like you see the beauty of God's yeah. creation. And no matter how hard we destroy it yeah. and what we do to it, it will always resemble the beauty of what God well, really Roman wanted. Well, Roman speaks well into the reality of creation even groaning for yep. redemption. Mm-hmm. And that is going to happen. So yeah. heaven post Jesus coming back <laughs> is a brand new creation that probably looks a lot like earth as we know it but just in a perfected sense. And the new city of Jerusalem, which they would call New Jerusalem, (laughs) descends and becomes a part of um, this new creation. And that's where we get to exist for all of eternity, forever, with no stopping point. Uh, Did we really, do we miss anything there? Is there something we we feel like we need to hit? I bet we can chat a little. I'm sure we're probably not covering everything. (laughs) There's absolutely no way. The only thing I could maybe think of would be like, talking a little bit more about Revelation 21 and some of the things John sees. Yeah, uh, so in Revelation, John... Go ahead, what you, no, I was just going to say you probably should give a little background as to what's actually happening here in this vision. Here's what's happened. John is on an island, just just chilling in Patmos. What's the movie with Tom Hanks? Castaway. Castaway. <laughs> yeah, John didn't crash in a plane and get there. <laughs> but it's a little bit like A Castaway. little bit. He, he was forced to go there. It wasn't great. Um, and he receives literally this vision, this this dream of, of from God. And this is the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening is as this book is getting written, we believe obviously Jesus is giving this vision. Angels come and give him this this vision. It's it's the first couple chapters of Revelation. There's letters to to churches and it's really great and it seems really clear. And then you get into this descriptive, weird writing. I love to try to read Revelation as a book of worship, Hmm. as a book of like, okay, ultimately what this is doing, especially as, as it sets up, contextually just the reality of jesus being the alpha and omega everything points to how he is the beginning and the end and so as you're reading through this john is writing down what he is seeing and so he's using language of what he knows on paper right just mm-hmm. to give to the church which ultimately does happen of literally just what he is seeing so what he sees in revelation 21 it talks about this reality of new heaven and new earth being created it's a heavenly city it's and he talks about and uses really beautiful descriptive language of precious stones filled with precious stones um possesses the glory of god it's literally the very presence of god now on earth that we all get to experience as followers of jesus god himself is the light within this city um it's which I love, Eden restored. And that, again, points to, I think, just the redemption and reconciliation of the brokenness of the world yeah. into the new Jerusalem and new earth. Yeah, I think that's pretty uh, a cool imagery of it that, like, so if you were to look at Genesis 1 and 2 before the fall and sin entered the world, you have probably a pretty dang good picture of what the new heaven and new earth could look like, mm-hmm. you know, because it was God's creation as it was meant to be. Yep. And then in Revelation 21 and 22, when God restores the Garden of Eden and he completely finishes what he had originally meant for us to live in. Yeah. Like you see us walking with God again, living in his creation, yes. beautiful and restored. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the only other thing I, I would maybe add here before we ask this next, next question is I love the idea that heaven is a place of no mores. Yeah. Uh, Revelation yeah. twenty two three says there shall be no more curse, and that's because sin and evil has been totally eradicated, removed 
from the existence of being. There's no more sin. There's no more evil. There's no more hurt. There's no more pain. There's no more sorrow. There's no more death. There's no more tears. It talks about there being no more seas, but that's a debated topic. (laughs) Uh, And so there's just this beautiful nature of the perfection of heaven. And I like how it bookends that. You know, there's Eden in perfection, Revelation 21 and 22, Eden restored in perfection, and that's where we get to exist forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's pretty, that's pretty yeah. baller. Yep, agreed. Yeah. So if we understand a cool. little bit more, I hope you guys learned something about what heaven is like. Mm-hmm. And if you got lost in all that, <laughs> fine. Leave it as it is because it honestly, in some regards, doesn't matter. Hmm. You know, do you want to be with God for eternity? That's all you need to know because that's, that's where he's at. That's what heaven is. At its simplest form, it's the presence of God. Yep. Yeah. So when we understand a little bit more of what heaven's like, what do we do when we get there? Yeah. You know, if we're going to be there forever, like ever, ever, <laughs> like forever, ever, forever, ever, forever, ever. I'm kind of I'm hoping there's like yeah. some yeah. good activities to do. You know, I feel like I'll get <laughs> bored. Play soccer. Just, I feel like I'm going to get bored if I'm just chilling the whole time. <laughs> so what do you guys oh, think? Oh, goodness. Yeah, I mean, we see um, even in these scriptural accounts, we're told that it's going to be a place of fellowship and eternal joy. So we'll get to be in the presence of each other, in the presence of God, and experience that and that eternal joy where, where those no mores don't exist. Mm. Um, there's pure just happiness, joy. Um, but then also it's going to be a place where we worship around the throne of God. So we'll probably spend the bulk of our time praising God, um, which we'll be delighted to do yep. at that point. And, and that looks different than automatically, I think, what I would want to put into my head right away. Mm. Does yeah. that mean song and praise? Yes. But that also, in my mind, means rest and work. Yeah, because yeah. we, I, I worship God through work. Yeah. I think, like, I just think that's a part of what is we're going to experience, mm-hmm. and it's just going to be every action thought I have is literally going to be perfect worship. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I just I think of that and like that. I should have asked the question at the beginning: if you could have a job in Eden, what would <laughs> your job have been? Oh yeah, we don't have time I for it now. That's but so you guys can ask yourself that, that. question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's great. That's Probably perfect. a gather. <laughs> of what? <laughs> I just went back to hunter and gathers like the original like. <laughs> no, that's cool. Oh I mean, God. for all of eternity, you just live with others and with yes. God. Yeah. yeah, and you do whatever you need and feel like yeah. you need to do when you're there in heaven, yeah. right? Perfect. Unity, I mean, like complete joy. An, it, in like context, kay. like you know, like in the worship and perfect. Like, yes. Yeah, you know, what I mean? like you're not just like. Anyways, whatever. (laughs) And here's the last thing we'll say before we um, wrap up. The best thing about heaven is the presence of our Savior and Lord. 1 John 3, 2 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has yet to be made known. Again, it's that idea that we don't quite fully understand Mm -hmm. what's coming. However, but we do know this, that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. Remember, resurrection of our bodies, complete and total... um, fixing of all that's broken for we shall see him as he is and that is just a good summation of like the beauty of heaven is not all that it's gonna look like it's not all that we get to do or all that we get to experience it's just the very fact that when christ appears we get to be like him completely and totally like the life of a christian is a life marked by continuous um, trial and error to become more like jesus like your goal and your work is finished and completed when you finally get to the resurrection day. So mm-hmm. there is one final question that I'll ask, and it's this. How do we get to heaven? How do we get there? We, we hear about all these things, but what's, <laughs> what's the, 
What's the catch? What's the catch? <laughs> uh, Ephesians tells us it's not good works. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. We get to heaven by the grace of God and the grace of God alone. And that grace was shown to us when God in the Trinity, meaning Jesus, decided to come down. That the Father with the Son in the power of the Spirit sent the Son down to die for us. He paid for our sin. Mm-hmm. And belief in Him, repentance of sin, <clears throat> faith in that reality of his life, death, and resurrection um, gives us assurance of what we will be able to experience one day, not about what I do, when I do, how often I do, what a God has done for us, period. That's great. Mm-hmm. That'll do. This is eternal life, that you know Jesus. <clears throat> Sweet. So just know him. Just know him. Just what he's done him. for you, what he's All doing right. for you now. Did it. Anything else you guys want to add? It's good. Man, my, my head hurts. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, if your head hurts, imagine the people listening. I, I apologize. They just had to try to drink that through <laughs> their ears. It's nuts. Oh, man. Drink that in. You know what I meant? I was trying to. Okay. Oh All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>